The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. I don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! <laughs> what is up? Notebook Wagering is back. We got a threesome today. Matty Nails, he's not with us. Uh, he's, he's dealing with... Uh, with some with some home stuff, so we all wish him the best. Hopefully, uh, he gets some good news. Maybe he'll jump in for a minute, uh, kind of clear his mind and things like that. But uh, we're all praying for uh, the four-legged guy there, Matt. Hopefully, you're tuning in with us at least. I got Smitty in studio. I got Jason repping Pittsburgh, staying loyal up there. First off, we are in the Salisbury Center, sponsored by or fueled by, my mistake, I haven't been in the studio in a minute, fueled by Monster Energy. I'm drinking one now. I'm sweating in this sauna that we're in, but we're here. We're making it happen. It's kind of like uh, instead of hot yoga, it's a hot, hot show. So, Smitty, what's going on? I'm doing great, man. Not my best bet of the night that I gave out here. The Yankees. Hey, great job on giving up nine in the first, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, maybe, you know, the sauna, maybe I'll lose five pounds and come out of here feeling good about myself. My bet's not doing well, but maybe I'm going to look a lot better. So, uh, no, it's a great time. I mean, there's a lot of action. We got the NBA playoffs coming up, baseball, college baseball. You got hockey, Jason, I bet is so excited right now. So there's a lot. We got the Kentucky Derby coming up here. No, I'm not soon. excited about hockey. Uh, well, because the Penguins are at it. I know. Everybody has. Listen. We hey, at least it. you cashed. We got to move on. I'm down 9 nothing. And I'll talk about my other winner tonight. I got one close coming tonight. I'll talk about that. But how are you doing, Jason? I'm doing pretty good. Weather's actually been really nice here. I uh, got got the golf game in, starting to work on it. I was ready to go. Going to go up to uh, Penn State Blue-White on Saturday. Should get nice weather for that as well. And uh, like you said, the hockey season has ended. I did cash my my hater bet on my own Penguins, um, which will make our fans pretty happy as we are you know, based here in Northern Virginia. Um, obviously, the cap season ended a long time ago. The hockey playoffs are always great, so that'll be great to get into it. And I'm trying to catch up on the NBA to be able to bet their playoffs. So, yeah, good times. Yeah, the weather's great until you go out and your car's like one color, and now it's like yellow. Oh, it's been brutal here. And then you're like, your wife elbows you about 20 times in the middle of the night because you're <laughs> snoring real bad, and she's like ready to kick you out. And, uh, yeah. you know, you're going to be start sleeping downstairs by yourself. So, uh, yeah, other than that, it's it's all good. The weather's nice. So Smitty, just kick the show off real quick because probably forty minutes ago you tell me you got these great stat lines and then we're we're getting ready to go in the air and your oh. team's down nine nothing in like the first or second <sighs> inning. Okay, so real quick, I give out a best bet on Sharp Angle Syndicate, and if you have not jumped on that, jump on that site because those guys are fantastic. So my play tonight was the Yankees. And it's not looking good. It's 9 nothing. They're down. Now, it's early. Just remember, the Pirates were up years ago, 10 nothing against the Phillies back when I was like 10 years old. And Philly came back. So I'm still hoping on that. But they were 13 out of 15 at home against them. And since 2000, this was all on Follow the Money this morning. Polly gave this out. Since 2002, 104 and 38 against the Twins. So I had to roll it tonight. Now, I didn't like it because I got it at minus 150 and it went down to about minus 130. So I knew 
it was going in the wrong direction of where I wanted it to go. So I was a little nervous. Now, did I think I was going to be down nine, nothing? I did not. <laughs> uh, but you know, we move on. I'm doing best bet. If I lose this, I'm nine and five on the site right now. So I'm still doing really well. So, but, and you know, the thing, like Pauly said that, that the twins are good that they had some really yeah. good twins teams. So that's remarkable that the Yankees were doing. Yeah. That was the Mauer Morneau, the Phil Nevin era. I mean, you had the Santana, the pitcher. I yep, mean, they, had, they had some, they had some really, or Johan, I'm sorry. Johan Santana, yep, yep. They had some really good uh, players on that team. So a little shocking, not where I wanted it, but I did give out one earlier in the day. And let me just hit on that. I did give out Baltimore, a three-team money line parlay, Baltimore, Tampa, and I have the Padres tonight at I think nine thirty against Milwaukee. And if that hits, that's a plus two seventy-nine winner. So that will be that will help a little bit. So I need that. All right, real quick, we're we're gonna circle back to baseball. I just wanted to get that out of the way. As Smitty said, yeah, great it's, stats. <laughs> great stats. We're moving on. We're forgetting about that. Just chalk it up as a loss. We bounce back later. Let's uh let's let's start real quick. It's, it's Breaking news. I mean, we're a little late today uh, on the game, but it looks to be like the uh, the the Washington Commander sale is being finalized with uh, Josh Harris's group. Uh, I believe that's the one with Magic Johnson as well. Josh Harris uh, is mostly known for being a, I think I believe majority owner of the 76ers. Sixers, um, and then obviously Magic Johnson being with the Dodgers, the Lakers, and then obviously now he's coming in with the Commanders. Uh, that should be good. I mean, I, I think Magic. Brings uh, somebody who understands what it's like to win. You saw what he did with the Dodgers. He essentially bought uh, a World Series. Um, I, I think he's going to be in that win-now win mode. He's got a young core to kind of build on. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think Josh Harris, the same thing. He We saw him rebuild the 76ers, and they've had a really good six-season stretch. Uh, they're they're kind of right on the cusp. So I think I think it's going to be a good sale for the uh, the commanders and and. I don't know, man. Maybe there's a brand change. I know there's a lot of rumors that maybe he comes in and, and completely wipes commanders away, uh, whether it's Major Tutty as well as the team name, almost just to get a fresh start and really just rid of the Dan Snyder area. So maybe we get the Redskins back. I don't know. It doesn't matter who took over there. You just had to get, what's his name, Snyder out of there. So anybody that's taken over, good for them. Maybe it will bring some luck because they need some luck. All right, now that that's uh, gone away, let's get right into the show. You guys uh, had bets on it. I didn't bet. I watched it. It was great, except for the rain. Uh, but but the Sunday matchups were, or the uh, the Sunday round was really good. You had you had the third round finish up earlier in the morning, and then at two o'clock the uh, the fourth round started. Um, and John Rahm kind of pulled away from that point. But uh, great Masters on Sunday. Beautiful weather. Obviously, Brooks Kepka was leading for three rounds. Uh, let's it go at the end of the third round. John Rahm takes it over and and really held a two or three stroke lead pretty much the entire round Sunday. Uh, Smitty and Jason, why don't you guys start? Uh, Jason, we'll start with you. Kind of what was your thoughts of the Masters? Uh, did you have any bets on it? I know Nails and Smitty did. And then kind of what's your thoughts on on maybe some guys who played well who didn't? Kind of what your your viewpoint was? Yeah, I did have some bets. I had a uh, Scheffler to win. I got a nice little boost from one of the, the things, and uh, he had a late he charge. He had a late charge. He green. He was fine. He was probably the champion, but he couldn't putt for anything. Kind of looked like me out there on the green. <laughs> um, no, it was really enjoyable. I, I did win on some JM on a, a rest of the world bet. Uh, he's the high finisher for someone, and it was just basically all the other countries that had him qualified. Um, I think I, I lost on uh, Corey Connors. It was really tricky because if you had guys making the cut, 
it was really hard to, to figure out who actually made the cut and who missed it because they finished the round kind of like midday. Yeah. Uh, with the second round, so you're like, is my guy? Are my guys in? Or are they not in? And you kind of had to catch up a little bit. Um, golf was great. I mean, there was a point there on Sunday where you got that true Masters feel, where Rom was kind of scuffling a little bit, Brooks Kepka was scuffling a little bit, and everybody was going through those birdie holes that are on the other side of Amen Corner and making a run. Uh, yeah. Phil wasn't that great. Uh, all those guys were kind of getting up there, and you always forget about it. the Masters is set up so perfectly because when the leaders are on the hardest part of the course, all the guys behind them are on the birdie holes, and then all of a sudden they start dr- dropping putts and making scores. Play starts going nuts, and you're looking and like anyone can win this, and you realize, well, those guys are going to crack at that too. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. You don't see it that way, right? You see, you see the bogey on eight, and you, you forget about the eagle on fifteen, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, there's going to be like twenty people up there. And meanwhile, it never works out that way. It's actually one of the tournament the, the last grouping usually wins so yeah i enjoy it thoroughly it was amazing they got it in on time with all the weather that they had this week yeah i had justin thomas which wasn't good didn't make the cut i had him the win in top five which i came right back with him this week and we can talk about that in a second i did hit xander Shoffley uh top uh 10 so i did have one on my card I had Tom Hoagie, which I came back with Tom Hoagie uh, this week, top 20, which he's off to just a garbage start again. So, you know, Hoagie, Yankees, they're kind of going <laughs> all together right now uh, in my mind. But, uh, but no, um, you know, it, it was good. One thing, like I said, I had one of my major ticket. We do a we do a draft between myself and a bunch of guys. Jason's in it, Matt's in it. I did. I had the third overall pick, so I did have John Rahm on my team. So that was a big winner. I'm in first place at I think about 12, 13 guys. Um, Shane Lowry was good. I had him on my team, and Gary Woodland also. I drafted with my last pick in that draft, and he played really well. So he got they got us uh, got myself a little bit of money on that. So, um, but overall, it was great. Uh, you know, I agree. Rom, you know, Brooks, very head to head. You had Phil. What a great! I mean, Phil's done nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. I mean, we had Brady Cannon on last week. What a great guest! If you did not check that show out, go back and check that show out. And you know, he even said a lot of people were, "Is he going to make the cut? Is he not going to make the cut?" And then, I mean, he was right there. It was really close. So great job by Phil. Uh, we we kind of touched base in our text uh, chat. Guys like Phil and even Tiger, I mean, you could see he was visibly and physically hurting, um, and he even made the cut. Like, when you look at these guys who have won, especially even a a banged-up Tiger and just a kind of a washed-up at the end of his career Phil, any other course is difficult, but when it comes to the Masters, I mean, that's where the skilled guys really win, and you you can't ever really rule those guys out. And Phil and Tiger, I mean, Tiger's limping on the course to finish round three, but those guys can wake up out of bed and make the cut at that course because they're just legends of the golf game, and they just know... There's minor, every year there's minor differences in the course, but they know that course so well that they've been there for the last 25 years. You, you really can't count those guys out. I mean, now Tiger, again, he really wasn't in competition. Um, it was good to see him make the cut, but Phil, like you said, he was right there. He's making a charge, and that's good for golf. I mean, anytime you can put Phil, whether he's at Live or on the PGA Tour, you know, on the cameras heading into the final round, Everybody, I mean, the middle-aged American is are massive Phil Mickelson fans. It's just it's it's prototypical, and to see those guys kind of making a charge and say, "Hey, just because I'm you know almost fifty years old, I I can still play with the, the twenty nine, thirty year old guys." It's good for golf. 
Um, it's same thing with Kepka. I mean, Kepka was a lights out for probably two years, and then he kind of has the uh, the yips. He changes clubs from from TaylorMade to Shrixen. He's figuring those out. He's unhappy. He's he's came off of the live with a win heading into that tournament. And, and outside of Sunday, he played really well. Now, when he started uh, allowing John Rahm to come in, he collapsed and he just couldn't kind of compose himself and get going. But it was good to see Kepko on the leaderboard. He was spraying the ball. A lot of yeah, his I mean, yeah. he just couldn't get consistent down yep. the fairway. It was all over yeah. the place. And I think, again... But it was what, good to see him up there. Oh, absolutely. I mean... Same thing with Jason Day until he kind of collapsed. I mean, and, you know, the thing with Phil... You know, there's a lot of pro-live, anti-live kind of people. Phil's kind of the... He's the outspoken of them all. He's the... Yeah, you know, he's the cowboy that wears the dark hat and, yep. uh, like, to be the bad guy. And for him to come up, it kind of just it, it made the tournament a little intriguing a little bit. And oh, yeah. kind of like that. Then you had uh, Patrick Reed. Who was hated no, on the tour. Nobody likes. He started coming a little yep. bit up in it, too. So it was, it was entertaining. Like, and we'll get Jason's two cents here. You know, it was tough with the conditions, and we talked about it last week on the show. And, you know, and Saturday was rough. Yeah. And then, you know, it finally came on TV, and it was on for, like, about 20 minutes, and then it was done. And then you had the Sunday, yeah. and it turned out nice. So I'm glad Sunday turned out well with the conditions and everything because you just – when you watch that, you always want it to it, – it's always been sunny. It's always sunny and it's nice. It's and Everybody, you know, the beautiful scenery and everything like that. So, Jason, what's your overall opinion on it? Yeah, no, I think you like you guys touched on it. This is the ultimate uh, horse for the course course, and these guys know how to play it. You actually saw it with the amateur Bennett. He was starting to make the mistakes that if you've read any Golf Digest or Golf Magazine article about the Masters, the things you don't do, he was doing all of them. So I don't know what his yeah. caddy was doing, but he was falling into all the traps there, and it, it showed in his score. Rule uh, number I, one I, there, you do not but, talk bad about the course. Rule number one, do not bash Augusta like he did. That is the Shambo rule, and we uh, know that uh, – He's never come back from that. He says uh, Ridgewood's gone and way harder and then immediate tank. It's karma, man. Augusta knows. Sorry, Jace. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I had I had Reed plus 1,100 to be the uh, top live golfer, and I was feeling really good about that until Phil decided to channel his 1997 <laughs> self there. Yeah. Uh, he actually left his shot out there. I think it was 15. He left the putt like an inch short. Yeah, I mean, I He could have easily been second place there. Um, Kepka got in his own head yeah. after he started spraying drives because yeah. he had too much time to think between shots. That's why he was so mad at Cantlay is that he was just sitting there beating himself up and it, it just kind of compounded from there. He couldn't get right, but he looks good. I mean, he looks a little heavier than he's been, yeah. which I think he's actually, he's not trying to eat like an actor. He's trying to actually eat like, like an athlete. Yeah. So it was good. I mean, you know, um, he looked healthy. He was hitting the shots that you remember real good ball control, everything like that. So he's going to be back in the mix. He's got to figure a way out to live. I don't know how he'll do it, but, um, yeah, it was the Masters did a really good job. However, they did it, maybe by threatening physical force or whatever. But they just basically said, "We're not going to have Liv versus PGA this week. We're just going to all play against with each <laughs> yeah. other. We'll all remember how how much we like to watch each other play." And it really played out nicely. I don't think you're going to see that at the U.S. Open or the PGA. I do think you'll see the sniping start at these later majors. But yeah, uh, it was that. a great event. I really enjoyed it. You know, the great thing about that Bennett is he had to play Monday, which he didn't play. But it, he had to go back. I think it was at Texas A and M. Yeah, and he had to go to some course, and he had to like carry his own bags. That's could, crazy. Could you imagine <laughs> playing like in the Master or yeah, Masters, and you're coming up and everyone's going crazy, and you're oh, you know yeah. you're doing interviews, and then you have to fly back home, and then play the next day, and they're like, 
now I don't know what the course looked like. I mean, it can't be any. But that'll be short lived. But but it was like, hey, carry your own bags, which he didn't play in the tournament. I wish he would have played. I just wanted That'd to been great. hear how he would have turned out after that. And you know, the good thing about this week tournament this week. Yeah, we'll just kind of parlay this into golf right now. Okay, let's yep. go. So yep. the tournament this week is the Heritage down, and I think it's down in South Carolina. I yep. think down by Myrtle Beach. I have a couple plays uh, on it here, and um, Maddie put it out, uh, put his plays out. But you know, the one good thing with the Live, they jumped the purse up a little bit here. I think you know the Live kind of got the PGA to maybe jump this up a they little. They have bit. a lot of twenty nine millions and twenty millions now. You know, John Rahm's here again, which you would have never saw that. But now the only I think he did say he committed a couple months ago, so he, he really thought he needed to be there. Rory, uh, you know, got out of it I think on Monday. But you have Scheffler, you got Fitzpatrick, you got. Uh, uh, Victor Hovland, I think he's winning the tournament again. That'd be two straight tournaments in a row that he's the first round leader if that holds uh, right now. So exciting. I mean, it's great that there's big names again in the tournament right after. Jason, did you have any plays in this this week? I did. I was having a hard time trying to figure out who to play because a lot of these guys hadn't played this course. This is an event they skip a lot. And I guess they're going to the rotating format where there's going to be purse like increases in certain events. And they're going to rotate it around. So this year, uh, Hilton Head, uh, this event got the boost, and you see all the good players there. You can't, you can only miss, I think, one of those events, one of the elevated events, to be able to qualify for a bonus. So Rory's actually already out of it because Kapalua in Hawaii was the first elevated event, and he skipped that one as well. So they're kind of curious whether he got a little leeway, like a little Tiger Woods leeway on this. Um, to skip Are they going to say? With the withdrawal, does if that's a medical withdrawal, like does that count against you? I'm, I'm guessing they're gonna find a little loophole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be like a mess. But uh, I like it. If they're gonna do that and rotate to some of these other events that you kind of grew up watching. I think that's that's good for everybody because yeah. you know it's just like the NBA. Certain cities don't get to see the good players play. Well, certain events on tour don't get to see the good players play, and it'd be nice to see every city kind of get represented that way. So I like it. It's nice seeing these guys play this. This is a tough course, and. Uh, you know, it doesn't suit everyone's game, so it's nice to see these guys kind of adjust likewise. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read Matt's plays uh, since he's not with us, but he did have some here for the RBC Heritage. So Matt posted, it uh, It was his flyer bet. He's got speed to finish one, can't lay two at plus uh, 25,000. What's that? That's plus 250 to one. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus 250 to one. Top 20, Fox plus 600, and Game plus 1,000, 10 to one. Uh, Montgomery round robin top seven is a hundred to one, and then Justin Thomas round robin top seven is twenty five to one. So those are his plays. Uh, yeah, that's all his plays. So we'll get those. Uh, he, he's tweeted them out. If you follow Matt, so uh, find those on his Twitter for reference. Um, and I know Fox. I think WD already because I know. He oh, that's right. Yeah. He, that. Yep. So Fox is out, but the uh, the the rest of the plays are live. I don't have any. Like I said, I may jump in uh, the next. But the U.S. Open's in California, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm just telling you right now. I'm putting on Max Homa to win. That I'm going to put one play. The guy is electric out in California. I'm telling you right now. He's not electric on the East Coast. No, he's not. Well, he did win. Uh, he did win uh, Potomac last year. It was a big tournament for him. Big win. Um, but outside of that, you are right. He's Masters, not that great. Yeah, he's Matt, not off to a good yeah, start again. Today, yeah, so. yeah. So that's going to be my probably entry to the golf plays this year with you guys. Uh, but. If you guys don't have anything golf, we'll kind of. No, I'll just get mine real quick. Oh, yeah. I, I have Thomas, yep. uh, Justin Thomas to win it. Um, 
I have a him top five also. Uh, I have Matt Fitzpatrick uh, top ten. You said he's leading, right? Plus two eighty. No, I second or third, I believe. Okay. Um, that's my best bet that I gave out last night. He's off to a good start. I think the leader's at minus seven. He was at minus five. Oh, he's right there. And then Tom Hoagie again, and uh, Tom Hoagie can go with the Yankees right now because they're down eleven nothing now. So, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's kind of circle back to MLB since we touched on it. So we'll go MLB. XFL and then kind of finish up with college baseball um, since we're kind of doing that predominantly. So MLB, let's kind of talk. I, I will just kind of update everybody. So I did place two, f- three futures. Uh, the Nats over 58 and a half wins. I'm on a 49 win pace. So a lot of season left. It's okay. Bright spot for that team has been Kenzie Gore. He's pitching really well. He didn't pitch last year. Uh, they, after the trade, he had some... Uh, some elbow issues and shoulder issues, so they kept him out uh, just to kind of let him acclimate and get healthy. So he's pitching really well. Josiah Gray's hit or miss right now. Um, the offense is atrocious. Now they are scoring some runs. They're not hitting the home run. They're they're, they're kind of playing small ball, but uh, they're at a forty nine win pace, so that's not good. My Cubs are looking good. Uh, they have a above five hundred record. I, Dansby Swanson looks like he really hasn't missed a step from Atlanta to Chicago. Um, that team. I think Josh Towers is right midseason. The pitching might be their issue there, uh, but I'm I'm holding on to that. Uh, I have that over 76 and a half wins, so I look good there. And then the A's, they have the second to uh, last worst record, and I have them as the worst record, so I'm right there. They're only uh, like a half game up on that, so I'm looking pretty solid. Yeah, I gave out two real quick. I gave over the Pirates 67 and a half minus 110 off to a pretty good start. Seven and five, I believe. They have a big game tonight. Little blow on El Cruz is loud. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. That's that, gonna that, hurt. that strains it a little bit. That's going to hurt. And then I also gave out the under 88 and a half wins on the Philadelphia Phillies at minus 125. And that's looking okay right now, too. Jason, yeah. what do you have? I didn't. I didn't play anything. I actually looked at the futures. But we had that show, and I got kind of lost in the numbers there. But Hugh, your biggest threat to the Oakland A's having the worst record is the fact that the Detroit Tigers are an absolute abomination. Like it's bad. So I started pulling some numbers together for the show, and there's literally nothing they're good at. I think like, they have what two wins. It's two wins, and it's pretty surprising they even have two wins because it's like left-handed pitching, right-handed pitching, starting pitching, relief. It's yeah. just all brutal. Their, their offense is 40% below average on everything. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's a triple A team. It really is. So I wrote down, so I wrote down numbers Sunday night. These are coming into Monday. Tigers had an ERA 7.20. Bullpen had 6.18. Yeah. And, and their bullpen blew another game last night against Toronto. But you know, Josh mentioned that. You guys were there. I mean, he he said when I asked him, "Is what is this this pitch clock and the the time constraint? Who does it affect more?" And he said, "Pitching." And I think we're seeing that. Uh, this is it's been pretty over heavy. Uh, you got six ERAs. You got seven ERAs. Well, you, you go back in. I got another one here with walks coming into Monday. Tigers thirty two. You know who was the worst? Was the White Sox? Man, the Sox had a seven point three eight ERA. Bullpen was 8.31, and then they led um, with 46 walks they gave up. I mean, that is bad stuff. There's no time to reset. I mean, credit to Josh Towers. I mean, he hit it right on the head. Jason, what's your what's your kind of thoughts on that? No, I think you're, the, the team really affected by it is the Phillies. Like, yeah. that's a really good pitching staff. 
and they're struggling right now. And, you know, if you go to MLB StatCast, you'll see that last year the Phillies were probably the slowest pitching rotation in bullpen uh, in Major League Baseball. And that's with runners on, with runners off. And guys just can't catch up. Nola came out and even said after one of his bad outings that he's having a really hard time adjusting when guys get on base. Of, like, he likes to slow the game down and focus on his pitches, and he can't do that. So I do think that's helped the batting average. I think the hitters had a little more advantage than Josh thought they were going to because uh, I think they're just getting better pitches. I think guys are missing more because they're just not – they're kind of focused on getting that pitch off and the runners on base are getting to them because guys are stealing. Yeah, uh, It's nice to see runners moving. It's nice to see the strategy come back in baseball, whether you're going to cover the bag or whether you're going to cover the run, uh, what you call it, the hole. Um, so I like it, and uh, but it's definitely affecting a lot of teams. And I definitely think you're seeing teams – Playing more defensive lineups, you get more singles hitters in the lineup, so you're actually getting some more just more action in general. Yeah, and I think one thing that's going to hurt the Phillies with those elevated ERAs is you got to have the firepower in your lineup, and not having Reese Hoskins is pretty big. I mean, well, I think too, you got to look at, you got to keep an eye on. They said something on the show the other the other day, like I'm going to use Rich Hill. They used Rich Hill for the Pirates. Now he just he did throw an okay game uh, yesterday. Or was that was that yesterday, Jason? He pitched. Yeah, that was a okay. Yeah, the bullpen, yeah, yeah. the bullpen really blew up, and I mean, it was seven nothing loss. Um, they had, but he threw an okay game. But they said he is one guy that is not happy with the pitch clock, and you can tell like he's given up a lot of home runs. Doesn't seem older guy, veteran guy, kind of in his ways. Now you changing on him? Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, we're all getting older ourselves. We don't like when things change. Absolutely. And I think you're going to see that you know, with some of these, maybe these older pitchers that are used to one way and now they have to go a lot quicker because a lot of these guys that they were struggling, they'd step off and catch their breath and now they have to go. So, I mean, I think that's a, a, a thing, you know, pitchers to fade is a great thing. And I have a couple that I've been eyeing up and I can say here in a minute, but Rich Hill might be one that might struggle for the Pirates. It's interesting because he's a guy, so this shows you how this clock's kind of in their head. He's actually a guy who works pretty fast. He was a top 25 uh, pitcher when it came to like pitches, uh, time between pitches last year. So if he thinks it's a problem, then what are these guys that were like on the back end of that spectrum thinking? Like they must feel like they're just getting the ball and throwing it every single time. I think it's just a mentality thing. Like you said, even though he was one of the faster, they almost feel rushed. It's almost like he was subconsciously fast and now he's being consciously fast. Um, we always have in the fire department, we always say like, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is steady, steady is fast. And if, if you have that mentality, then you, you end up going faster. But if you start rushing, you start messing up, you're leaving pitches high, you know, your curveball is not breaking as much, things like that. So I think once it's become a conscious in your head thing, it's just messing you up and you kind of have to figure that out. And like you said, that could be an issue all season, uh, with these older guys, uh, with the exception of like a Max Scherzer who, you know, can kind of adapt to, to different things like that. Um, I think one of the teams that this is actually potentially going to benefit is somebody like the Padres later in the season, just with the offensive firepower. I think you're going to see like LA benefit from that because these pitchers, not only are they going to be a little more tired, uh, they're, they're, you know, more runs, things like that. It's kind of like in college baseball, who's going to outscore who. And I think at the end of the day, mm-hmm you got to have the guys that can put it over the fence and guys that can hit the gaps. And, and unfortunately, I say this unfortunately, but realistically, your all-stars uh, typically do that better than, than most players and the teams that have the better stacked lineups. I think later in the season, you'll, you'll start to see them kind of pull away. Now, here's, here's the question here. Is, is Tampa Bay ever going to lose? 
<laughs> you know, here <laughs> they'll lose, but dude, look at the offensive here, so numbers. I, I want to give this out too. So Greg yeah, Peterson, Greg Peterson tweeted this out last night and I wrote it down. This was coming into today. The Rays are 12. They were 12 and 0. 11 of their wins were by the run line, which is they have to win by more two. than by two runs. Yeah. People don't understand that. Okay. Usually get a game like the team, you get a money line and then you get a run line with a, like with a line on it. So they've won 11 out of their 12 games by more than two runs. What did they do this afternoon? They won again, and they covered the run line. But you look at their offense now. It's been elevated. You have average players that played really good team ball. I mean, anybody can hit a belt high fastball. You have just made them better because of the clock, in my opinion. But I mean, you you feed any major league baseball player a belt high fastball, their home runs, and I forget what the number was, it took them whatever they're at, 32 games last year, they've done it in 12. Well, I had, this is, again, stats coming into Monday. You had them hitting 282. They had 21 home runs leading the AL. Stolen bases were not in it. Okay, but here's uh, the pitching. They had a 2.13 team ERA. Bullpen was the best, 1.86. Well, no wonder they're winning. I mean, they're yeah. in every category. They're yeah. at every category that really matters. So the bullpen at ERA is good, but there's actually, if you look at their FIP, it's a little leakier. That's about literally the only thing they're doing average right now. Everything right. else is like off the charts good. So, I mean, that'll normalize, but yeah. it's, I think they've lost two starters now. Though, Cause I think they lost Springs today in the game where they're a little worried that he's got a UCL issue. And I think they already lost somebody else from that rotation. Cause they had to call somebody up to pitch uh, last night when they're their top prospect. But the problem is if they're going to lose pitching, they're not going to lose anything. Cause that's, system is just absolutely loaded with arms from well they you figure they're going to get Tyler Glass now back too. I jumped on him yeah. last I jumped on him yesterday. I mean it was like minus 120 125 and I said, "You know what? I'm betting that." I mean, until they lose, if you get that low of a number, yeah. absolutely take it. I'll take a chance with it. Now, what like I said, it was a high number today. I liked Baltimore. I matched that up and then I took a game about minus 130, 135 with uh, Padres tonight against the Brewers. My last question on this for you guys, because I, I, I've been really focused on college baseball. So lines wise, I haven't been uh, as, you know, extensive in them. Is the Rays minus 125, they're 12 and up with 12 and 0? 13 and 0. 13 and 0. Are, are you guys seeing uh, maybe a trend where, like, in college baseball, they really don't, the Vegas doesn't really know how to cap some teams? Are you seeing because maybe these these teams um, and its new adjustment of rules it, are the lines pretty accurate, or would you say you're kind of catching some value while Vegas is trying to catch up to this whole new uh, new style of play? They've been pretty high, pretty high, games, yeah. pretty game. Like okay. a lot of games are pretty high. That was one that was one of the lowest. I now I I don't know. Jason might remember this going way back, like beginning of the season. I don't know where. Some of those games were, and I might have bet them. I don't remember, but uh, that was the lowest I saw. Um, I think it was yesterday. So, yeah, no, they. I think they came in thinking it was going to be a lower run environment uh, because of the changes. And right. if you remember last year, it was all unders the first month of the season. Yeah, like, there was people getting down I think, to like five and a half for a game if you had two really good starters going. But uh, this year they were quick. Like they did not waste time once they saw the runs. When they saw the Pirates scoring runs, they're like, "Oh, we gotta get these totals in order." <laughs> they really did. I thought they adjusted it pretty quickly, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of value of taking overs yet. So if you're taking a over number, you're taking a pretty high number. I mean, it's coming through, but it, it makes you nervous. Interesting. Interesting. Um, 
All right, let's uh, let's jump to the XFL. I know we're coming. So one team has already clinched the DC Defenders. They're seven and one. Ten ten week schedule, correct? Ten weeks. Yeah, ten yes. weeks. So we've got two weeks left, and then we go into the playoffs. Um, I'm pulling a lineup, Smitty. Why don't you just talk about uh, while I'm pulling these lines up for this week, mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of want to see um, what we're looking at moving forward but why don't you talk about the xfl at least i know you're a big seattle fan so maybe start well with them. yeah and i'll be very honest i have not with baseball and college baseball i'm really diving into right now and trying to give out some plays i i haven't watched a ton now the one i did watch because i was very excited about was the sunday night game between that was a um, shootout dc and seattle and in my opinion again i really think those are the two best teams i love the seattle team great game i was texting the guys here I thought it was such an entertaining game. Both teams making plays, quarterbacks made big plays, great tackling at times, then they some leaky defense at times too. But if you really like football, I think this has been fantastic. I think the XFL has really hit a home run with this. What's your overall thoughts, Jason? Yeah, no, that, that game was excellent. Like it was going back and forth. Like the crowd was into it. Um, they've, they've had some games that have been really entertaining. I mean, they've had some snoozers, too. Like, if you get Vegas or San Antonio involved, um, it can be a bit of a, a, a bore. But even the Guardians have kind of woken up over the last couple games here. And they, they at least score points and have high-scoring games when they play. I, I think you're right, Smitty. I think those are the two best teams. I know St. Louis is ahead of Seattle, but um, watching them play, I think they're the one team that probably could give D.C. a run if it got to the playoffs because – uh, the one thing you've seen with Greg Williams do, he does not believe in a prevent defense. That kind of came back to bite him on Sunday. He's still bringing the heat in the fourth quarter, even if they're up two scores, and it would just make sense to make him grind in front of him and you know have an 11-play drive. He's still bringing heat. He's got man coverage in the back. So when you have those run-and-shoot teams, they can definitely exploit it. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, these are the two teams I would expect to see in the final unless something happens. I loved it because I had a great interaction. I would, I'm not going to get on my phone and try to look to see where it was. And I lost. I had Moneyline Seattle, so I did lose that game. But, you know, I wrote, I tweeted out and said, you know, sometimes you got, there's a winner and there's a loser. Sometimes you're not going to win every bet. No. And, but I said it was such an entertaining game. And then somebody wrote me and said, must have been on the side I was on. And he's like, yeah, but I didn't really like that play call at the end for when they went for two. And I said, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I agreed with you. I didn't really like yeah. it either. Uh, and, you know, Danucci was trying to get him just to maybe tie the game, but they really wanted to go for a win. And, yeah. and again, the play call, was it bad? I don't know. The DC, they read it great. I mean, it was a good defensive play. So. He saw the bootleg coming from a mile away. Yes, he did. So, I mean, he blew it up. So was it a bad play? I don't know. It was just they read it well, and he made a great play. Yeah, I I think ultimately that will be your uh, what is that game called? It's not the Super Bowl. I guess it's just the XFL championship, uh, the finals. I don't know what it's called. We haven't really. It's down in San Antonio. They, I think they picked San Antonio to be the host okay I, this year. I was looking at stats uh, pre-show, and the one thing that so Teamu. I mean, the big question mark was can he throw consistently? The guy's got ten touchdowns to one pick. He's uh, he's. The only one, like, sub-four picks, so that's really good. He's just starting to throw the ball. They're so balanced. They have 14 rushing touchdowns, 13 passing touchdowns. They're just so good. I look at the stats. Two of their receivers, Blair and uh, Lucky Jackson, are in the top five in receiving. You know, your quarterback, obviously, uh, maybe not on the yardage, but the efficiency is there. Uh, you got De'Eric King who can run. Abrams has 400 yards, more than the second most rushing guy. Uh, you look at the interceptions. Uh, they're, they're second in the league in interceptions, third in fumbles. They just signed DJ Swearinger, so that's an upgrade in this league. Um, 
I just don't see uh, anybody beating them. I mean, I look at Danucci. I think he's probably the best air out quarterback. Him and McCarron are there, but Danucci's got ten picks. I mean, that's a problem against the DC defenders. They're they've already returned three back for touchdowns. I just don't. I really don't see anybody beating them. To be honest, uh, I mean, they're gonna have. I don't know how the playoff format's going to work. Are they going to play the whole, kind of like spring training, are they playing the whole playoffs down in San Antonio, or are they going to play home games? Have we heard? I have not looked that up. That's a good question. I have not heard. Jason? I have not heard. The championship game does not have a funky name. So Okay. Um, it says it says South and North divisions at TBD, so i got to assume that's home field advantage. So okay. Obviously. I think that's going to be, yeah. I mean, it's going to play on both sides. Well, hands. I think another team you got to keep an eye on is St. Louis. Now, that's a big game this week. You have, you know, Seattle is going into St. Louis. Yep. St. Louis really packs that place. It's They're a big home 30, crowd. Thirty thousand plus. Yeah, it's it's that's a good team too. You know, I, you know, a lot can happen. I, again, like I said, I'm not going to say I'm not an expert here. I'm not. I've kind of gone into baseball a little bit here, but I'm trying to hit the, some of the key games here. But I think the playoffs, I think the three best teams again, D.C., St. Louis, Seattle, are the three teams that are someone's going to win the trophy. Jason? Yeah, and like you just said, that's a very important game because like two of those teams are coming out of the division. So yeah. that's basically an elimination game between St. Louis and Seattle this week uh, to see who advances. Uh, so Houston has an easier path because they really shouldn't get pushed by anybody in the South. And no. so they're basically going to, championship game so dc basically probably will have to get back seattle again in the semi i think it'll happen i think in the nfl we always say like it's hard to beat a team three times but i i think it is more doable in this league um i don't know we'll, we'll you, see you got to be careful in that because seattle's had them twice seattle fair, has seattle fair. lost at the goal line in that yep. first game in dc yeah Danucci I, fumbled. I think he fumbled right at the goal yep. line and then that game was down to the very end. So I think it's two really even teams here. Smitty, uh, it's worth you laying some pizza when I'm looking I, at the championship I, odds. Yeah, um, I, I've been saying it for weeks on the show. I take Seattle. I, I, so you have DC at plus 115 to win it. The Roughnecks are the next favorite at plus 240. I think that alludes to Jason's kind of easy path. St. Louis at plus 400. And then Seattle is plus five fifty. The other teams twelve hundred and seventy five hundred. Oh, I'd, I'd take Seattle for sure. Ooh, that's nice. That's that's cute. What book was that at? That's Fanduel. I mean, that so you're going to be in that five to six range, uh, typically, probably across the books. Um, it, I mean, I I'd take a chance with Seattle. Yeah, I mean, how do you? I don't see St. Louis getting it. I really don't. Uh, I think. If you're going to lay it between the defenders, Houston and Seattle, I think you're still looking at decent money. I mean, at least you're getting the defenders plus money. Um, it's, whatever those three teams are, I think you're making the right pick. But just interesting. Now we got two weeks left. It'll be interesting to see how the playoff is. Hopefully it's home field advantage. Hopefully it's not how they did the training camp. But um, I, I don't have the answer. I'll look that up, and we'll, we'll bring it up back next show. Uh, but but I just kind of wanted to take a look at those odds now that we are getting near playoff uh, games. So it's something to watch. It, it, it's pretty good football. I don't know how the USFL is going to top that. I, I, I think it's been pretty successful this year. Um, I think it's a good league. I, I think we're seeing good games. 
So I don't yeah, know. I think the USFL really kicks us off in the butt with the yeah. random places where these teams play. Like, yeah. you know, these the Memphis good play. looks. <laughs> yeah. The Memphis, but I'm saying they play in the markets that they, like they don't yeah. actually practice those markets, but they play there. There's clearly been an association between the like home fans and the teams. Like DC's getting great crowds. Seattle gets good crowds. St. Louis gets insane crowds better than like some NFL markets. Um, you can see some of the Texas ones do well. USFL, there's a Pittsburgh team, allegedly, and they play in Canton, Ohio, yeah. in, a, in a college stadium. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah. Couple, like, yeah, the Michigan team plays in Nashville, I think. Like, you know, that's just not going to work. And, it, like, the XFL, like, those teams, like, the DC was excited that they had a football team that actually Well, it's in the city as well. That's a big thing, yeah. is DC fans want to see football within the city lines, and you get it. I mean, obviously, it's not... The, the commanders, but it's still good football and, and people get excited for that. So yeah. that, I think that's why it's a big market. But then also you look at the USFL, yeah. like draft picks, those got like, if you weren't drafting the XFL, you kind of slid your name in the USFL. I think the XFL having the season first and then initially paying more was kind of the, I think that was uh, Dwayne Johnson's like, Hey, we're going to just outbid the USFL and get off on the right foot. And, and I, I think you're really going to see it. I mean, I just don't see how that league's going to succeed. You you can't have three football leagues. You've got the pros and then the minors, essentially. And the XFL seems to have locked that kind of uh, minor league football or or pro am football. I don't even know what you want to call it uh, uh, pretty well. So yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to work. I, it, it's something I'm probably not going to cover, but I'm just glad the XFL is um, is successful. But we move on. Let's talk. Uh, Something that Smitty and I have been really hot on. Um, we picked it up a couple years ago. I've I've really dove into it, and we're doing really well. Smitty's picked it up really well this year. I uh, dove right in. He dipped his toes last year. This year, he's jumped in the water off the diving board, and he's killing it. So, congrats to you. Uh, but let's talk a little college baseball, Smitty. What um What's your thoughts so far this season? What are a couple teams that you like? And then I'll kind of bounce off of mine. Well, yeah, I think, again... Diving into this, you're a lot more expert with the like the players and everything. I kind of look at team stats and I'm kind of looking just at numbers and some other things. So it's going well right now. So let's hope it continues. And I, you know, you're you're crushing it too, my friend. So uh, we have two pretty good um, minds here working on it. And I know Maddie will dive in. Jason will dive in here and there with that also. You know, a couple teams. You know, you look, LSU's, in my opinion, the most dominant team. They have a lot of, you know, great arms. They can really hit the ball. They're putting on. Um, They're up 14-3. tonight. We, we both were on that play. I have them in a parlay tonight. You know, they, they hit the ball really well. Um, you know, against they're playing Kentucky. Kentucky has pretty good arms. Yeah. I mean, you called this well on Twitter a couple of days ago. You called Kentucky out and said they have some big series coming up here. I think they have LSU. I think they have Florida coming up. Yeah. So I think that's going to be really, is this team for real? They do have some good arms, but again, the bats are out tonight on this. You know, I, I said to Q, you know, he, his team's Florida. Florida has a really good team, three good pitchers that can really come at you. Uh, UVA is playing fantastic right now. I really like them. I've taken them a couple times. I think they have like a, what, a 21-22 game home streak? 20-21, yeah, they're going for 22 tomorrow. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at teams like that, I think another team I really like, the South Carolina team, Vanderbilt starting to really starting come, to turn it on. coming on right now, and they've been really yeah. dominant the last couple of years. So, um, you know, some mid-major teams I kind of like. Florida Gulf Coast is a good one. They score a lot of runs. Campbell's doing... 
Campbell's having a great year. Yeah. Coastal Carolina, they had a big series. I think it was uh, they played this week, I think, two games. Yep. Uh, that was a really good uh, early week kind of schedule. Coastal has a big one right now against ODU starting tomorrow. Yeah, ODU's another really good major team. So it's exciting. If you haven't watched college baseball, I would I would for sure tell you to watch it. If you haven't gambled it, you know, I think you got to watch the the midweek games. That oh, yeah. sometimes you can get the dogs really yeah. to come in and win the games. But the weekend series, dive in a little bit. I think it's it's good. It's entertaining. Um, and you know, we're both crushing it. So just follow us on Twitter, and you win some money. Yeah, a couple of my teams. I would say there's six teams bona fide that could win and i think uva is seven kind of looking in the window they're there they're at the front door but they're looking in uh the 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 door from the outside uh the only thing that that in my opinion kind of hurts them is their pitching when you compare it to those other six teams they just don't have anybody dominant um and i think that might be the only they're good they're, they're very good they play very good team ball but i just think when you get to that level you got to have a number one ace and i think they have a bunch of number twos uh, which isn't a bad thing, but I think College World Series, it's tough. Vandy, Florida, Arkansas, Wake Forest, LSU, um, I think are your bona fide teams. South Carolina and Tennessee, you brought those up. Uh, both teams, last year, Kentucky was the only team to beat that that gauntlet uh, powerhouse Tennessee team in a series. I think they're playing a little above um, you know, the trajectory of the team. They're very good. They're improving. I, I think they're starting to settle back down. I I, I New, I said it on uh, Twitter that I thought Georgia was going to win the series last year and they or last week, and they did. I think they're kind of coming back down to earth, Kentucky is. And I think you're going to see that with South Carolina as well. Um, I think they're very good, but they were okay last year, and now they're number six in the country. Teams, you can overplay early on, but I think you start to kind of come back down to earth a little bit as you start playing these these teams. Now, the way last week went, I think... LSU, had they played that doubleheader, LSU would have taken a series. Obviously, it ended tied one-to-one. Had they played the game on Sunday, I think that would have given South Carolina the opportunity to take that series. So I think it was a bummer for both teams. I think LSU could have used that doubleheader uh, when South Carolina collapsed to then kind of roll it back into getting that extra win. And I think uh, South Carolina actually benefited from not playing that game because they can kind of reset after a huge meltdown that they had. Like It was like a 7-3 to lead, and they lost it uh, late in the game. Great teams. There are some 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 teams that I'm telling you right now. If if you have any sense of college baseball interest, please get them in. Get Wake Forest. This is me. Wake Forest has value. I, I got them at like 13 to one. I think you can catch them still at 10 to one, which is good value for that team given their pitching and their monstrosity of a lineup. Florida. Florida's bullpen starting to figure it out. Brandon Neely leads the country or leads the SEC and saves with seven. He's really starting to find his groove. Phil Abner's coming out of nowhere. Uh, Nick Figueroa's pitching really well, and they have one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, they got this guy named Jack Tani who's pitching. He's a little struggling right now on Sundays, but then he goes and hits you know a six hundred foot bomb uh, to help his case typically. So that's another team, and I think Arkansas if they can get healthy. Uh, if they can get Brady Tiger back, which I think is the best closer in college baseball, they're worth the money, man. They, they're going to lose a couple games here and there, but they have the pitching staff when they're healthy, and they have the team uh, to, to make a College World Series run. They just got to click, and I think they're slowly starting to click. Now, they did have Jared Wagner, their best hitter, go down with a broken hand or broken finger, so that'll be interesting to see. But 
Jason, I don't I don't know if uh, if you've kind of followed along outside of Penn I have State two baseball. Questions. No, because I'm a I'm a postseason college baseball fan. I will be full in a tournament. I love it. Absolutely, I'll be diving in. Hockey takes up too much of my time <laughs> for the baseball. But but here here's my two questions to you two. Who's my Who's my team north of the Mason Dixon line that's going to win me some money in the NCAA tournament? Give me my UConn, my Notre Dame. Who's my Who's my team for the gap this year? And also. Who is my SEC team with a terrible record that's going to be a three seed and, and win the whole damn thing? Like Ole Miss. I don't know if the SEC has that. I don't know if college baseball has it because we've never seen these six incredible offenses. We've never seen that. I mean, they're just hitting whatever they want. If I had to guess, and, and I'll say I'll limit it, right? I think the team that can make a run in the SEC tournament is is probably Kentucky in Georgia because I think Georgia has the talent. They're just not putting it together. They have the staff. They're not playing well. They're walking a lot of guys. When they win, they have four and a half walks or less. When they lose, it's eight to nine. If they could just reel those in, I think they're a dangerous team. Do I think they're going to go to the College World Series? Absolutely not because I think baseball right now, for it, again, it's the top six teams I think are going to kind of run the gauntlet right now. A&M is also a sleepy team. They're very injured right now, but they're slowly starting to put it together. They they were a preseason top five team, had some major injuries. They started the season horrendous. They've quietly beat the last uh, – they beat Auburn, and, and I forget who they played the week before, uh, but they've won two series in a row, and I think they're starting to come back. So that's also a team. Maybe there's some value just to make the College World Series uh, because we saw them – I mean, they, they have the talent. They, they made it last year. They're a good team. They've got a great manager in Schlossnagel from TCU, so uh, – Put your money on AM, Jason. It's worth ten bucks. He wants one up north. You owe the Boston College. I was going to say the Boston College Eagles an apology from earlier in these sh- a couple of shows ago. I, I was going to say, yeah, well, I think they're kind of. Co- Look, what I see them. They're still good. They're good. I, time, but but uh, they I lost Lu- a bad I, series. I went Louisville. Uh, they swept them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah and that was bad. I mean, every- Chris Flynn. Their best guy throws on Saturday or game eight nothing. two. I was down eight nothing. Yeah. See, that's why the Yankees still have a chance. I was down eight nothing that game, and the Cardinals came back and won that against BC. They just so. don't have outside of Chris Flynn. They don't. I don't think they have the talent. How to about make UConn? A deep run. UConn's okay. They can. They have the pitching. I just don't think they have the hitting. Any other team like Rutgers was supposed to be good. They're flaming out. I think Maryland's pitching's not where it needs yeah, to I be. Don't like that uh, they had a good year last year, and I think Pete teams kind of slept on them last year, but they're aware of them now. Um, I guess it's north of the Mason-Dixon technically, but Iowa with Brody Brecht, I mean, maybe they can they can make sort of a run, but I, I just think outside of him, they don't have anybody else. Uh, I don't really see anybody in the north northeast. I mean, it's so hard. Nobody wants to play cold-weather baseball, and it's not Penn State. <laughs> you know who I don't understand, though, is uh, to wrap it up is Pitt. Pitt? Always makes a really good run in the ACC. They'll they'll probably beat UNC if it seeds up that way in the ACC tournament down in Durham or Charlotte, wherever it is this year, and then make it to the semis, right? But then you look at that like they did it last year. They beat uh, a couple good teams. They beat a good Georgia Tech team last year. Uh, they made it pretty far in the ACC tournament. They're gonna do it again this year, but they just they can't play consistent baseball. I'll tell you that Georgia Tech team because I've taken them. I I hit the other night with them against Auburn. They had to come back, but man, that pitching staff. Seems like they give up a lot. Of runs <laughs> That's in that all they do, too, man. Jeez, they can hit, please. but they can't stop yeah, they anybody. Can't stop high scoring games there, man. High scoring games. I, I wish Pitt was good, was more consistent at baseball because I think the market's there. Uh, I think just there's loyal fans in Pittsburgh with the Pirates. I think they could jump on the bandwagon with Pittsburgh, but 
it's just not consistent enough, whether it's recruiting, whether it's coaching, uh, whether yeah, I, I don't have an answer. I know they play really good postseason ball, uh, but they just don't have the resume to make it, uh, you know, in the in the regionals and give themselves a chance. But if they could just figure out that one thing to just get them over that hump, I think they can make some noise. It's it's a program that has the ability, uh, and I think they have the the ability. So we'll see. So um, the plays I gave out tonight, everybody, real quick. They're in. Uh, I gave out North Carolina minus one sixty. They're up four three. I did jump in with Q. I think Q played LSU just straight. I do have LSU with Texas A and M in a parlay. Trying to see if Texas A&M has started yet. I don't see that score right now. And then my later game, my best bet, I'm going to take Santa Clara against BYU tonight. Just I if like anybody it. needs that. Good mid-major Santa Clara, team. Nine is, uh, they're 9-5 and five at home. BYU is 4-13 and 13 on the road. So, And I got that at minus 145. So if you need a little 9-9-30 action tonight and you're bored around like the house, it. jump on Santa Clara. So let's see if that can come home. I'm going to give you my series predictions. Uh, me and uh, Matt Grissom grow some tweets. We do college baseball insiders. We're trying to grow the brand. We we have great knowledge. I think we're going to try to bring Smitty on here in a week or two, uh, get his knowledge on there. But we always do uh, a series breakdown, and we pick like 10 series. So uh, I took UNC to win the series against Miami. So if, if you're betting, kind of lean towards uh, UNC there, as well as with any team that I name here. LSU, I think, is going to sweep Kentucky. I think they're playing pretty pissed off baseball after that South Carolina uh Wake up call. I took Wake Forest here, but I think this is a gut thing. Like you look at Wake Forest's schedule, I think they're going to lose a series, and I think this might be the one where they're on the road. Louisville just swept Boston College, so they have some confidence. I think that could be a series where they lose the series uh, two to one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Wake Forest wins, but it is one of those where it wasn't an automatic play like it has been this year because it's just too hard to win every single series in college baseball. Tennessee couldn't do it last year. I just don't think anybody's going to do it this year. So take uh, Wake Forest with caution. I like Coastal Carolina to beat ODU. I think Coastal Carolina's schedule has been way tougher. They've uh, they've passed the test. They've played really good baseball against some of the top teams in the country. Uh, I like Vanderbilt. You said the, the pitching staff's putting it together. I think South Carolina comes down a notch after a uh, an emotional series last week with LSU. So I, I think Vanderbilt wins at two to one. I'm not going to fade Arkansas until they actually lose the series. I think Tennessee's down this year. They Chase Dollinger's not even pitching Friday night. They're going with a uh, with a transfer from Charlotte, and then you're going to have Chase. Uh, Chase Burns Saturday, or I'm sorry, Dollander Saturday. It sounds like Chase Burns, they're going to give him the week off, uh, who was their number one last year. He's struggling. And then um, Drew Beam is going to close that on Sunday. But I think Arkansas has the advantage there at home. I like Oregon. I think it's it's a fade against the Pac-12 in the sense of I, I think Stanford's not as good as maybe their number eight ranking. And then Oregon State's playing some good baseball. They lost a lot of talent last year uh, just with graduation and, and a couple of draft picks, but they're starting to find it again. And Corvallis, man, it seems like the college baseball playoffs always run through Corvallis, and they're ramping up to get it again. Yeah, I like Oregon. I like Oregon yeah. State. I like both. I, I would say I like Oregon State and then Oregon. I like both the Oregon teams. And then, obviously, I think Florida against uh, Georgia. But um, those are, when you're betting, just take a look at those series. And um, it's it's kind of hard to find info. you got to find it on Twitter. But you can catch some good value in college baseball. Smitty and I are definitely up units. Uh, we're, we're doing really well. So it's, it's, it's raising the bankroll, as we always say. Sure. I got nothing else. Jason, do you have anything else? I do not. I'm just I'm adjusting all that baseball that just came at me and uh, building up ready for the postseason here in a month. 
If you have any questions, please hit us up on Notebook Wager and hit me at Q Millie and then hit Smitty Bucks. Um, Jason, if you have any questions, you can text us. <laughs> I'll be sure to get back to you in a timely manner. Uh, but yeah, we've got uh, at Notebook Wager and College Baseball Plays, at Q Millie College Baseball Plays, at College Baseball Insiders Baseball Plays. Um, and then I know Matt will throw some in the in the playoffs, and then I'm sure you'll dabble in uh, with some advice from us. So it, we're, if you we're need getting into some else, time, man. Sharp Angle Syndicate. Sharp you, Angle Syndicate, yeah, best help. bets. My best bets, again, not tonight. It was not my night. You move on, and 9-5, uh, and five, we're going to get ready for tomorrow. 11-1, I don't think it's going to happen. But 9-5, and five, best bets on Sharp Angle Syndicate. So check me out on that. I'm doing really well. Coming off a fantastic college basketball season. All right, that's all I got. Next week we'll touch on NBA playoffs. We kind of ran out of time, Go uh, but they're they're <laughs> Celtics good team, so we'll cover that next week, Jason. We've got a couple of play ins that uh, I think the last play ins tonight, if I'm not mistaken, I think tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow. So we have some time. Uh, series will start next week, so that'll play perfectly for us. And we got to get Jason to start giving out some hockey and Jason to give hockey plays. I can look at that with a neutral eye since I have no rooting interest. <laughs> <laughs> a sharp neutral and years. a sharp eye. So, all right, as we always say, and when we close out the show, bang your bookies. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes, and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.